1: What's going on everybody? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. We're going to talk about Joey Votto. Bet you didn't guess that. He helped the Reds to another win last night over the Chicago Cubs. We're going to talk about another trade that the Reds made shortly after posting yesterday's podcast. And I've got some thoughts on these final 60 games of the regular season, a.k.a. 2020 in 2021 and maybe another move the reds could make before tomorrow's trade deadline that's all on today's lockdown reds podcast thank you so much for joining me let's get started
0: it's the lockdown podcast network your team every day You are locked on reds, your daily Cincinnati reds podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team.
1: every. See, that's a lot better. I talked for a couple of minutes in one take before figuring out, I didn't have my mic turned on. So yeah, I'm excited. One, two, seven times a bang for Joseph Daniel Votto in his last seven games. He's just been on fire. I mean, there's no, I don't even know what other word to describe. He's amazing. He's awesome. Fantastic. Legendary. He's the goat. He's Joey fricking Votto. Unbelievable to see what he's done. Not only seven home runs in his last five games, his last seven hits have all been home runs. He had a couple of walks last night as well. Just unbelievably on fire. I would be frankly surprised if Alec Mills gives him anything near the strike zone today. In fact, if I'm David Ross... And I'm looking at Alec Mills. I'm like, listen here, bro. We are talking about a team. We're not making the playoffs. We're making some moves. We're starting over. So this game in the grand scheme of things, isn't that big. That dude over there is chasing history. Don't give him a strike. You give him a strike. I'm pulling you. Honestly, that's what I would do if I'm David Ross, because Joey Votto is going to hit it out of the ballpark. He is in the zone so much. And I loved his post game interview yesterday, he was talking about. He's like, "Yeah, you know, it's it's fun. It's a thing. It's gonna end soon, and you know, we we just gotta focus on what comes each and every day." And it's like, good lord, when you're that locked in, uh, that must be nice. I, I've never felt that locked in in my life, but that sets him up for some history because if he hits a home run today with the first pitch coming here at 220. this podcast is going to be posted very quickly before that. Um, If he hits a home run, he'll set a franchise record. You probably heard that as well. If you've watched any of the broadcast, if you've listened to any of the broadcast on 700 WLW, you know what's coming. If he hits a home run today, it is Reds history. And who more deserving to set a Reds franchise record than Joey Votto, we're talking about a dude. I I was talking to a guy the other day at uh you know going to my mechanic shop talking about my car, and I was talking to him about Joey. Votto. He's like, man, why didn't he do this earlier? Why didn't he do this a couple of years ago? People just can't be happy when it comes to Joey Votto. I love what he's doing, and I'm celebrating too. I, that was a great game all around for the Reds, though. Just a dominant win. Sure, the Cubs kind of spoiled the shutout there in the ninth inning off of Ryan Hendricks, but for the most part, an absolute dominant game. You were a little bit worried about Tyler Malley early on because through three innings, he'd thrown 65 pitches and he didn't really look all that sharp, but that's what good pitchers do. If they don't look sharp, they still figure out ways to get outs and keep their team ahead And that's exactly what he did. And that sixth inning that he had, he faced the minimum number of batters thanks to a double play. And it was a very quick number of pitches as well. He was able to limit that and really give the Reds a great showing. And then, oh man, it was refreshing to see Luis Sesa and Justin Wilson come out of the bullpen says uh, that that slider that he has is phenomenal. And, and what's amazing about it is its break is so unique because it kind of drops down. It's got more of a vertical drop than it does a horizontal drop. It's not a wipeout slider. It just ducks underneath the bat. And because of that, he kind of had some guys fooled. There were people that were calling it change-ups, things like that. But if you went to baseball Savant, they said that pretty much every one of those pitches were all sliders. He threw a couple of fastballs, and that was about it. He has a phenomenal slider, and that was a great debut inning for him. Justin Wilson kind of looked like he fit into the bullpen with his first at bat as he walked a dude on four pitches, but then he summarily into the inning one, two, three, after that, it was nice because for once we're watching the Reds bullpen and we're not chewing every nail off. We're not sitting there groaning hands in, fa- or, you know, f- face in hands. <laughs> I can't even figure that one out. All of this good stuff. It, it's been a weird day here at the car household. Anyway, we weren't worried and that was phenomenal. And now there's going to be another guy added to the mix, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. But overall, a great game. There were a couple of times where you saw Jonathan India get on base and then Jesse Winker follow up with a double. Once it was a run, the other time Winker was on third, and then Tyler Stevenson brought him in. The lineup was just working. They were able to score runs off Zach Davies. And then they were really able, a, a lot of it just had to do with uh Dylan Maples not being able to really control anything he threw. He hit Kyle Farmer, and then with the bases loaded, he hit Shogo Akiyama to bring in a run. And the Reds were able to just pile on him and then Shogo with an RBI double in the ninth inning. I'm a little bit worried about our man Shogo. I I don't know that I'm going to sit here and say that he needs more playing time. It just seems like he's overmatched at the plate. It really does. And I don't know if that's something that can hopefully change here soon, but with Nick Castellanos coming back healthy, hopefully here pretty soon, uh, he's not going to have as much time to show his stuff. And, And Tyler Naquin. Hasn't been much better recently, but I almost still kind of want Tyler Naquin in the lineup. That The way that I look at that is kind of this, that, the other. I don't know. Nick Senzel maybe plays more center field when he comes back. Maybe he plays shortstop. Although Kyle Farmer has looked fantastic at shortstop. He is just one banged up guy. He is, uh, I uh, forget exactly when it was that he kind of said, he's like, yeah, I'm playing hurt but I appreciate the fact that he's playing hurt because he's played pretty good. I think he's hitting over 400 in the month of July or it's, it's like three seventy or something like that. But overall great day at the ballpark for the Cincinnati Reds and uh, Joey Votto. I just got to say it one more time. I mean, two multi Homer games back to back. He hits two home runs one day, two home runs in another four home runs in two days. Or, you know, as Scooter Jeanette would say, hey, that's a pretty good game's worth of home runs there, pal. Anyway, bad jokes aside, let's move on to uh, talking about another trade. Before we jump into that, though, I wanted to let you know speaking of taking cars to shops and cars needing parts and things like that, you should check out rockauto.com. They've got all of the parts that your car will ever need. And. They've got reliably low prices as well. You may not know that if you go down the road to the brick and mortar store, they've got different price tiers, whether you're an amateur that's trying to just replace a brake pad or if you're a professional that's really doing a big job, they've got different prices for you rockauto.com is not that way. Whether you are trying to restore a classic car or if you just need a new taillight, they can help you out and you're not going to get price gouge. Go to rockauto.com right now and check out their catalog of parts because they've got so many. If you're a professional and you know exactly your brand, you can find that. Or if you don't know a tail lamp from a brake light from a Well, those are two the same thing. If you're like me and you don't know all of the parts of a car, they can help you find that too. RockAuto.com has been family-owned for over 20 years, and they've been helping customers just like you find the part for your car. Check them out today and in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's RockAuto.com and type in locked on in the how'd you hear about us area in the checkout section rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need new game day shirt boom cash back food for the tailgate All right, the Reds made another trade. They're helping out their bullpen even more. Michael Givens from the Colorado Rockies is now a Cincinnati Red. And it's interesting to note because that is a guy that Reds fans were talking about, a possible trade target. His ERA is below three. Now his ex says he's been getting a little bit lucky there. You'd like to see the walk rate come down, but he's got a fantastic 27% 27% strikeout rate. And it's going to be interesting to see because he's a sidearm delivery type dude. We saw him a couple of times when the Reds played the Rockies, but he tries to deceive guys and he's pretty successful at it with a nice fastball in the mid nineties and a pretty good changeup that is pretty much his outpitch to left-handed hitters. And he's got a slider that he tries to get righties on. He is a guy that will slot nicely into the back of his bullpen. He does have closing experience too. A couple of years ago when he pitched in Baltimore. So if he needs to be the last guy out of the bullpen, it's not as if you're asking him to do something he's never done, i.e. Josh Osich and uh, some guys like that. And and just to see the moves that the Reds made to add him, uh, you saw some of the guys who were gotten you know, DFA'd and stuff like that for... Luis Cessa and for Justin Wilson, no more Josh Osich. Ashton Gudeau was DFA'd. Ashton Gudeau actually was traded to the Rockies. It was announced just today for cash. So essentially the Reds traded Case Williams, who they received in the deal that sent Robert Stevenson to the Rockies for Jeff Hoffman. They're just sending him back there now. And they're trading Noah Davis. I've seen some people say, man, I hate to see Noah Davis go. And I get that but he's not even a top 20 prospect. At this point, are we really going to split hairs about a guy who's, yeah, he's in the top 30, but I mean, maybe he could have helped the team. Maybe not. We're getting a bona fide reliever, something that we haven't had all season long for the most part. You know, I mean, obviously Lucas Sims, TJ Antone are bona fide dudes, but there's just been so many guys that the Reds have run in and run out that don't deserve the innings that they're getting. It's a, it's very obvious. Edgar Garcia was another guy who was sent down. Edgar Garcia was pitching in one-run games. Josh Osich was given save opportunities. These are the guys that we are replacing, and it's very nice to see. I got another thought on that later, but we'll talk about that in the next segment. A uh, question on the lockdown Reds line got me thinking about that. But when you look at Michael Gibbons, he really helps solidify this movement. Plus with the announcement that we are looking at probably seven to 10 days, Michael Lorenzen will be back probably two weeks. We'll see Lucas Sims and maybe three to four weeks. We'll see TJ Antone. Now the three to four weeks is concerning because by that time the Reds could be out of it, but getting Michael Lorenzen back and adding him to these three guys will be so awesome. And Probably a a little bit of a relief for Heath Hembry, who, if there's a close game, that's the first guy you're thinking of right now in this Reds bullpen. He now becomes the third or fourth guy once Michael Lorenzen comes back. So I love to see that. But uh, the Reds have made a good move getting him. They haven't traded any top 20 prospects. That was interesting. I don't know if you saw this in The Athletic. They were talking about how the Rockies dealing Michael Gibbons and getting a couple of uh, prospects back is kind of an interesting reset on a bad trade that they made with the Orioles to get him a few years back. they traded at the time their number 12th and their number seventh rated prospect. that's right the Reds traded two top 30 guys to get him from the Rockies. the Rockies traded two top 12 guys one of which made their major league debut this year a guy named Tyler Nevin so the Reds kind of made out in this deal. And I like what they've done. I hope that they continue to be smart, savvy, and creative with what they've got going on because I don't think they should be done. And I'll expound on that here in a minute. But Michael Gibbons is a good get for this Reds team. And I'm excited to see just how good he can be. I'm not saying that I think that the ERA, which everybody looks at first and thinks that they know everything about a reliever, you've got to look at his strikeout and walk percentage. His walk percentage could come down a bit, but that's kind of the way this entire league has been going this year. The fact that his strikeout rate is above 27%, and he really limits hard contact. I mean, you're talking about average exit velocity that is a little bit below league average and you've got an expected slugging percentage in the 300s. He has given up a couple of home runs, but not enough to really damage the uh, the persona or the overall profile of him being a pretty good late inning reliever. So, the Reds got themselves a good dude to add in with Sessa and Wilson and hopefully Lorenzen here soon, and hopefully Sims soon enough as well, and this bullpen will actually be kind of a weapon. I mean, dare I say, they're definitely better than they were two days ago. I'm not going to say that they're like top half of the league now, but they aren't the worst in the league anymore. All right, coming up here, I've got some thoughts about these final 60 games, the stretch run, if you will, because the Reds have a lot of ground to make up a week's worth of wins and losses still because the Brewers are playing the Pirates and they're beating the Pirates. So whatever the Reds have been doing with the Cubs has been washed out. We'll jump into that here in just a moment. Before we do, though, I wanted to let you know that you need to get into betonline.ag and start making some money off your sports knowledge today. The other day, I gave you the over Reds and Cubs and that one hit. I don't have any strong feelings today, but from time to time, I'll give you a tip or two to help you make a couple of bucks. Here's another one to help make you a couple of bucks. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get fifty percent added onto your initial deposit, whatever that might be. So go there and set up your profile with that promo code to get fifty dollars added onto your first hundred. Get a hundred onto your first two hundred. And start making some money off your sports knowledge. They've got great lines when it comes to Major League Baseball, like money lines, over unders, run lines, plus great prop bets. If you got a feeling that Joseph Daniel Votto is going to set that record tonight, I'm not going to put money on that, but if you got a feeling, You can go find that prop bet today at betonline.ag and put a couple bucks on it. Plus, they've got other lines like NFL Futures talking about win totals, award bets, things like that. If you think Joe Burrow is going to win Comeback Player of the Year, you can bet on that today at betonline.ag. Go there, set up your profile, and type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. All right. For this final segment here, we're talking about the final 60 games of the season. The Reds have played 102 games so far this year, and they are three games above 500. Kind of looking at the, uh, this is where opening day was last year. This is where they started. And we cannot see the same struggles. The Reds cannot go through 30 games of bad and 30 games of good. It's really got to be 60 games of good. Everything's got to be clicking, which it's nice to see that the middle of the lineup has still stepped up in Castellanos absence, talking about obviously Joseph Daniel, but Tyler Stevenson has been pretty awesome there too. It's going to be interesting to see how the lineup looks today in the finale, because if there is no protection behind Joey Votto, and I know a Eugenio Suarez has a home run in the last couple of games, but nobody's really scared of a Eugenio Suarez this year. If I'm the Cubs, I'm going to walk Joey Votto. If a Eugenio Suarez is behind him, I'm going to walk him every time. So how does David Bell construct the lineup that way? But it's been nice to see. Hopefully, they get Castellanos back here soon, Senzel, Mustakis, and they can really kind of just go full bore at this. They've done a great job in their absence, but I feel like there's no more treading water. You cannot hang on by the skin of your teeth or something like that. You can't do inter-cliche you know, inter here. You can't just hang on by a thread and expect to get anywhere now. They're seven games back. They've got to make some hay, and I think that probably means they've got another move in them, or at least I hope. I know that Nick crawl kind of said that in so many words the other day in an interview, and that makes me think of this question that I got on the Lockdown Reds line. It says, Jeff, I was excited and quite frankly surprised to wake up to the news that the Reds acquired bullpen help from the Yankees, but it got me thinking. Should we really be satisfied with these additions, or am I being too cynical? At the end of the day, management simply replaced what they lost in Iglesias and Bradley with what appears to be lower quality arms. Should we praise management for simply doing what's expected of them? Feels strange to me. I hope they do more. Either way, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for everything, Avi. Avi, I appreciate the question, man, because I agree with you. I don't think we should be sitting here and praising management for what they've done because they have just replaced him. And I I even include Michael Gibbons in that mix simply because Justin Wilson, while he's had a nice career, hasn't been all that great this year. So I don't even know that I want to compare him with either Iglesias or Bradley. So I look at Gibbons and I look at Sessa, especially with the extra control that you have over Sessa for next year. It's nice to see Givens is a free agent at the end of this season. So yeah, okay. They replaced what they lost. It's kind of like uh, being happy about the firefighter who actually set the fire in the per- in the first place. I, I I don't know that that really has ever happened. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I don't think anybody's like happy about the firefighter who set the fire and then put it out. That would be kind of silly. So the Reds need to do more. And lots of people have thoughts about this. Should it be a shortstop? Should it be a fifth starter? Should it be this or that or the other? I have, I I don't even know if you want to label it fifth starter, but I think the Reds should go for one more starting pitcher for this rotation. Look, I love the resurgence of La Piedra, Luis Castillo. He's been phenomenal. Tyler Malley has great talent and has shown it night in and night out. He's had some struggles here recently, but he's still been a very good pitcher for the Reds and hopefully Sonny Gray can refine his form after a few struggles and some IL stints and things like that you've got a solid top three and Wade Miley Wade Miley what more can you say about him I'm hoping that he can continue his success as we get into the part of the season where it's like okay these are the dog days of summer how good can he be The question's going to be, can the Reds make up seven games against the Brewers? Mo Eggers asked this. Steven Offenbaker asked this on our live show. Lots of people have asked this. Can the Reds make up seven games by relying on Vladimir Gutierrez, Tony Santian, or Jeff Hoffman as their fifth starters? The answer is most likely no. Hopefully we're wrong, but what's most likely to happen? Probably not crazy good performances from those guys every fifth day. So it would behoove the reds to see if they could go get a fifth starter or uh, someone else to add to the mix. I keep saying fifth starter and you're thinking, all right, let's go look at uh, non-contending teams and their fifth starters. Not necessarily. There's three guys that I'm looking at. Two of them are twins. And I keep saying about the Twins, I don't know why. Maybe the Twins are asking too much. Maybe teams just aren't calling them. Maybe the Twins think that they can regroup for a better run next year. I don't know. That's uh, lots of interesting thoughts there. But the first guy that I'm looking at is a Ranger, and that's Kyle Gibson. He has not yet been traded. And there's lots of speculation out there. Maybe the Rangers are asking too much for Kyle Gibson. Maybe they're trying to trade him. On his ace numbers, and they're asking for a ace return, but everybody else is like, "Well, look at the rest of his career; he's been okay. We'll trade you something for like an okay starter, but we're not trading you like we're going to go trade for Max Scherzer or something like that." And that could be the case as to why he has yet to be moved. Joey Gallo just became a Yankee the other day, so the Rangers are obviously open to moving some guys like that. And Gibson at 33 actually does have another year of team control. So maybe there's that added to it. There's more of a financial commitment to him than a rental pitcher, but the reds could be very smart to go get him. If the package isn't that expensive, like It kind of makes you wonder. I know that we talked a lot about this is the kind of guy that I would hope would be in the range for the Reds to trade. And I'd be curious of your thoughts on this. You might think that I'm like ridiculous for even considering this. So that's why I want to hear from you. But Graham Ashcraft, I know he's been super hot this year so far as his performances go. Maybe that is the kind of guy that would entice the Rangers to trade you Kyle Gibson and solidify your rotation for the rest of the year. If not help solidify your rotation a little bit for next year. Maybe that's too much. I don't know. That's just a name that I thought of two other guys that I'm looking at both twins. I'm looking at Kenta Maeda and Michael Pineda. Not because their names rhyme, but because they're both pretty decent pitchers who, while are having all right years, they're not having the kind of years that you're like putting them into Cy Young races and the twins are hopefully not expecting crazy returns for. Both guys have been solid. In fact, the thing that I like the most is that their strikeout to walk ratios are pretty solid. I mean, Michael Pineda has eight strikeouts per nine compared to two walks per nine. That's something that I would like to see the Reds go get. Plus he is in his contract year. He is a rental. Maybe the Reds could get him a little bit cheaper than Maeda because Maeda actually has two more years of control at very cost-effective numbers, making less than four mil a year for those uh, final two years of his contract, according to baseball reference. So could the Reds get him? Sure, but the Twins will probably ask a decent amount for him, despite the fact that he's 33 years old. He still pitches pretty well, and he's got that funky delivery where he really tries to mess with the hitter at the plate. It'd be kind of fun to watch him as a Red. What would the package look like? Uh, that'd be an interesting question. Maybe the Reds would have to give up like a top 20 guy for one of those two guys because they're talented and uh they, they would be rotation stabilizers, but I think that is where the value is. Lots of people keep saying shortstop, but I think that the Reds can patch that together. Kyle Farmers look great in July. I'm not expecting him to have his July numbers the rest of the year, but he's at least shown that now that he has really had a lot of time to be the everyday shortstop, he fields well and he can at least hit all right maybe he's serviceable. Maybe you can slot Nixon Zell in there. Maybe it's time to call up Jose Barrero, who is on a tear in A. There are some questions there, but I think the, uh, I think the, um, wow. What is the word? Thinking the word, think the, uh, think the answer, I guess the answer is the word. Yeah, whatever. I think the answer is in house, whether it be Farmer, Senzel, Barrero, something like that. So don't go trading for a shortstop. Solidify your pitching, which the rotation has been the best part of the Reds pitching staff this year, but the Reds pitching staff has definitely taken a step back from 2020. You go solidify that rotation, maybe get another bullpen arm. I don't know. That might be asking too much. But if you solidify the rotation, I think that really sets the reds up for a great run in these final 60 games. All right. I wanted to end today's podcast with a fun question. This one actually came from an unnamed person on the lockdown reds line, but I wanted to get into it because it's a fun question. It's something you don't see a lot anymore. There's only a couple of people that have done this here recently, but the question on the lockdown reds line is this. Is there anyone in the organization who can, if the type of play was pursued, score a few a year by stealing home? So basically, which red could steal home? And and maybe a few times a year would be interesting because it's it's so rare anymore, but I definitely tab Jonathan India as a possible dude to do that. I think he's got the athleticism and the aggression on the base paths to do that. It might take him a year or two to get more comfortable with it, maybe make smarter decisions. I know that he's had some plays earlier on this year where he kind of made some two blondes and maybe that has you know made him a little bit more conservative on the base pass, but the Reds don't steal a lot. I, I think it would have to be the perfect situation with the perfect player, with the perfect mindset and the perfect athleticism to even get it done. I think Jonathan India is the closest though. And I'd be curious as to your thoughts as to who you think on the Reds roster could steal home. Let me know 513-549-0159 or on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs or the show's Twitter account. At Locked On Reds. But that's how I wanted to end it today. I think Jonathan India could still home. That, that, that's my thoughts on the matter. I want to know what you think as well. Also, if you've got a different thought as to who the Reds could trade for before tomorrow's deadline at 4 p.m., hit me up on Twitter or the Locked On Reds line, like I just said. But that's going to do it for us here today. Make sure that you are subscribed. And speaking of tomorrow, my goodness, I almost forgot about this. I'm hosting this thing tomorrow. At 3 p.m. live on the Locked On MLB YouTube channel, we've got trade deadline shows. I'm running both hours. We'll have co-hosts in each of the two hours with me. We're just going to be reacting to all of the different trades, who's getting better, who's getting better for the future, but not necessarily better right now. We're going to be talking about all of that and more tomorrow, starting at 3 p.m. on the Locked On MLB YouTube channel. Check it out today. Make sure you're subscribed and watch me and a host of other hosts, a bunch of other hosts. I need a different word choice there. As we talk about this trade deadline on the Locked On MLB YouTube channel. Also, make sure you're subscribed right here on the Locked On Reds YouTube channel or follow me on your favorite podcasting app, but that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, and I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. a hey,
0: Prime members.